Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Your hosts, uh, David Dodge and Mike Slane here speaking. We are talking today about the importance of making offers. And we wanted to talk about that because I said, hey, Dave, give me a few minutes. I'll come back in there. We can record some more content. I got to make some offers. Let's do that. Yeah. And Dave <laughs> said, all right, don't even need to worry about doing the podcast. Let's make some offers. So that's what we did. Dave and I, I think we both try to make at least an offer a day. That keeps the uh, the debt collectors away. <laughs> I like that saying. That's <laughs> we, a good one. I mean, for real though, if we're if we're not making at least an offer to a day, it's just not. We're not. You're not even really trying. You're not mm -hmm. in the real estate game, uh, or the wholesaling game rather. So uh, our offers are not that good. Um, so this one again, I didn't. I didn't even have really much property I haven't viewed enough lately. So this one was a an MLS property that I went out and viewed, uh, I'd say last week, and I just never got around to making an offer on it because uh, it just wasn't that interesting to me. Uh, it was a little bit small, was a little bit um, just just kind of a little bit funny. Uh, the price, again, it was, it was close to retail. I think it looks like a newer uh, rehabber or possibly an old tired landlord did the rehab on it because it's got uh, old cabinets, but they put new carpet in, you know? So they're just trying to trying to squeeze as much as they can out of this property. And again, that just it just deterred me from even making an offer right away. So I did, I went ahead and this thing's been sitting for about two weeks, which in this market is an eternity on the MLS, I would say. Uh, properties are just, yeah, they get listed and they sell right away when they're priced right. So. Again, coming in with an offer 70 to 75% of what they're asking right now is, again, it's probably too high. I mean, I, I feel like I even possibly made the offer too high. Uh, so that's what I did. I, I Again, we have to make offers. So we need more properties for our crews, keep them working. We need, uh, yeah, we just need inventory. So the way to do that is to make offers. Uh, prior to this, I'd say, well, today's Monday. How many offers did we get out last week, Dave? Do you remember? I think we probably made, I don't know, about eight to ten. Yeah, I'd say somewhere in that range. And again, it's just we it's gotta not, get our operas, It's offers not up. enough. No, yeah, we we, we're definitely pretty low. And that's something. So Dave and I always talk about too. If we notice that we in our business, if it slows down, it's for a couple of reasons. One, we're not marketing enough. Two. We're not making enough offers. We wrote a book on this, guys. Or three, we're not following up. That's right. Yeah. So we clearly, we know what our problem is right now. We're not making enough offers. Yes, the market is hot. But again, that is our fault that we're not busy uh, because we're not making enough offers. So that's, that's right. uh, pretty much the moral of the story today is make, make, make more offers. We've got a really cool tool. Uh, this is something that helps us make offers on all of our off-market ones. Dave actually put this together in our system and we use it constantly. You know what I'm talking about, Dave? Cash offer contract, baby. Cashoffercontract.com. So you can go to cashoffer con 
Contract.com. And it's going to bring you over to our cash offer generator. Dave, you want to kind of briefly talk about that and how how that is helpful in making offers? Yeah. So right now it was supposed to work to where it would send from your email. And Mike, I actually need to fix this right now. So Uh-oh. it still generates offers. It just doesn't send them from yourself, but send them to yourself basically. So go to cashoffercontract.com and there's an offer generator in here. It's very similar to the one Mike and I use in our own business. Ours is built into doing some e-sign and like a couple other things built into the CRM itself that we use. But if you don't have all those tools and those those things at your disposal, you can still go generate an offer in about three minutes or less from your cell phone uh, using this tool. This tool will basically email the offer to you and then from there you can take it and you can send it to your motivated seller. And it's really that easy, guys. Cashoffercontract.com. Um, I'm going to work on getting that thing fixed too so it can start sending from your email and perform the way that it really should. Well, what's perform. really cool though, yeah, although it isn't perfect, like you're telling people, it's free. Yeah, it's free. And it's That's fast. Right. So literally, you could send the offer to yourself, you know, in two minutes, then delete out that email and forward it on to yeah, your it on seller. Even. That's right. Uh, it does not have, like Dave was saying, it doesn't have the signature capabilities in it. Again, free product, guys. Yeah, it doesn't matter, so, though, too, because really a lot of times whenever we're dealing with people, they want to print it out anyway and go show it to yeah, a partner or their spouse, an attorney or, or yeah. whatever. So, you know, not it, that doesn't even really affect it that much, to be honest with you guys. But making offers is important, and, and that's really where the magic happens, right? You can do all the marketing in the world, and if you're not actually setting appointments and making offers to people, and there's really not even a right order. You can set an appointment, then make an offer, or you can make an offer, then go run the appointment if the offer works for them, right? Either way, but you have to start getting in the in the mindset and in the habit of making offers. We like to make offers verbally. We like to make offers in writing. We like to follow up on the offers that we make. I mean, you name it, we're in the business of making offers. So the reason that we're recording this right now is, Mike, you came in here a little bit ago and said, hey, I want to talk to you about an offer I made. Let's talk about that. Sure. If we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was talking about it a little bit before, but let's get into the numbers. Uh, so this is a property up in Overland, and I showed it to Dave, mm-hmm. and it is currently listed at $85,000. And so it's on-market property. It is. Listed it's a property. listed property. At 85000 It's a little bit, um, uh, what's the nice way to say it? Slummy. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, it's not one of the nicer ones in the area, uh, and it's probably listed close to the retail value, but it's not in retail shape. Like it's not great. This one has, what are they called when it's an unfixable defect? Do you remember what that's called? Like in real yeah. estate agent language? A, I do, uh, if you give me a minute to think about it though. But It's uh, physical obsolescence. Obsolescence is part of the word. There's uh, a phrase though. There's a, there's a specific yes. term that they make you study in the real estate world. What the heck is it? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I can't think of it. But basically, it's going to be very hard to change it. You have to tear the whole house down and move it it? 25 feet closer to the curb. 30, yeah. Yeah. So this house sits on the very back of the lot in all the neighbors' houses. Which might not be a problem if all the rest of them did the same. Right. But they don't. And that's where that obsolescence comes in. Yeah. Well, it's not obsolescence. I don't know if it's obsolescence. we got to look that up. Look, it, right. look it up. Look it up. We'll figure it see out. What it, uh, see what the word is. But it, it's offset, guys. If you're looking at all the rest of the houses from the corner of the street, they are all are, you know, 10 to 15, uh, probably not 10 feet, but like, you know, 15 to 30 feet from the curb. This one sits back like 90 feet. Like it's just way far back, right? It has a backyard, but it's very small. And now it has a huge front yard, right? So that's basically the issue with this one. So 
on market, and they're asking what, Mike? What's the asking price on this property? Eighty five. Eighty five thousand. Okay, right. so the ARV we know isn't really higher than that. Could we get an appraisal for higher than that if we did a little bit of updates? Sure, sure, right? But it's not going to be a whole lot higher. So in this case, you know, let's say let's basically just assume that we that we could get an appraisal at ninety even though it hasn't even sold for 90, right? So again, we're, we're already kind of stretching a little bit here coming up with that ARV because that ARV isn't a sale ARV. It's an appraisal ARV, all right? So at 90, assuming we were to get an 80% loan, Overland, good area, but it's yeah. not necessarily the best of areas. That would be best case scenario, guys. And that's because we have good relationships with our banking partners and we have really good credit. We don't miss payments. All right, so that puts us at seventy-two thousand. All right, an eighty percent discount rate. Now we're gonna need to spend some money fixing this place up. Something, right? Even if it's move-in ready, there's gonna be an inspector that's gonna come out and he's got to give us an, an occupancy inspection for us to even be able to rent this property and turn a vacant property into an asset that's bringing in income. I need your attention. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what that defect is called. Can't figure it out. I'm listening too, by the okay, way. Okay, so we're at 72. I got gotcha. you. Yep. So what's the repairs, Mike? You did you have you been to this one yet? Or I not? have. Okay, yeah. Cool. So they got new carpet. It's just it's just outdated. The kitchen. You saw the pictures. Uh, that would need to be addressed. Um, we could probably get by painting cabinets, new countertops, and appliances. So you're looking at probably five grand. Okay. When I mean, you got a couple thousand in appliances, um, and that would be kind of half. Mm, you know, doing it as cheap as you can. Uh, then you've got the deck on the front, which is painted, but you can tell it's just older. So you're either going to address that now or later. Uh, same thing with the systems. So this one had an older HVAC. It's probably functional. Uh, but again, I think that what we've learned over the past few years is that there's a reason why our uh, REIT buyers don't like systems over 10 to 15 years old and they factor in replacement cost and they beat you up over that yeah and usually what it. happens is that's not part of the offer well why would it be right right so the so, so then they come back and you're like oh these are 10 grand with repairs and they're like yeah it is right but in 10 years from now you're gonna have capex of another eight grand well and here's the reason that and i think factor that into we've gotten smarter about it it happens at the worst time it happens in the summer when it's hot and you can't just get an AC tech out when it it's the first day that shoots to 100 degrees and everybody's AC that is going to break breaks. I mean, you can't... So again, you've got tenants that are inconvenienced. Yeah, when it rains, it You've pours. got higher price for the service calls because it's peak season. Mm -hmm. So again, it just makes sense when they're older to bite the bullet and replace it before you get your tenants in there. I really think that's something that we've kind of learned. So again, this is a great example. Although the utilities or the systems rather, the HVAC may be functional, probably needs to be replaced. Right. So there's three or four grand. Uh, so again, this one's going to need, you know, quite a bit to get to a true rent ready for us. And again, that's just because we've been doing this long enough. And yeah, we know, we know better than, than to buy it at that. So right. 72, let's call it 10 grand just for the sake of argument. Okay. So, well, do you think that we'd have to spend 10 if we bought it? This is a real life situation here. Yeah. 10, if 000. I want, if I want to get a 90 plus appraisal on it. Yes. Okay, so to get to 90, and that's again, that's above our, our actual sold price. They're asking 85. That's assuming we could get it appraised for that. 
times 80% minus 10,000 is 62 grand. So you made him an offer already at 65, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. Which is an aggressive offer. It's $3,000 cutting into our um, cost to rehab it, which is, you know, still doable, not a huge deal. However, they countered us at 75. So what I suggest we do, Mike, is we send them an offer in writing at 65 and just say, hey, this isn't, uh, the acceptance date on this isn't tomorrow. We're going to give you guys a two weeks, right? If you can go get a higher offer, it's listed already. It's already, their marketing's already happening everywhere, right? Yeah. All at once. Mm -hmm. That would be my two cents. Now, why would I do that? Because I like to make offers. And I already know that they've verbally, well, in writing actually, but via text message. So it wasn't like a signed thing. So they verbally already rejected our offer encountered us, but it just doesn't work for us. So there's really no meeting in the middle on this one, unfortunately. And that happens a lot when you're dealing with on-market properties. Why? Well, lots of reasons. Most likely though, because that agent in the process of getting the listing sold themselves as being somebody who could get the most for the property. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and why wouldn't they though? Right. You know, that's exactly. So I'm not saying anything negative. That's why I like to put 95% of my efforts into marketing direct to sellers that don't have the agent involved. In this case, there is one involved. So um, what do you think of my opinion no, that's a on, great, on that's moving a forward? Great plan. Maybe I, even yeah. juice it another thousand or two. 66, 67, 66,700, something like that, right? To where we could maybe get by with six or seven grand worth of rehab to still get the 90 appraisal, even and if we, we can, didn't get the 90. And we, we got can, the 86 or the 87 or whatever it is, Mike, We'd have a couple grand in the property. Well, we and we right? could probably get a higher appraiser. Maybe. Appraisal. I just don't want to speculate. Yeah. I, I just think with the market the way it is, if You're we right. fix it but up. But if the market turns and then we have to get another appraisal in three to five years, we may be into trouble. So again, let's not speculate. 90s high end, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's also a goofy, a goofy property, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, like, you know, it's sound, but all the rest of them on the street are lined up. This one sits back. You know, I think it's called incurable defect. It could be. There's probably a lot of different ways to describe that, right? Incurable. So, what is our next steps? We offered 65. They countered at 75. What are we doing now? Certain parcels of real estate sometimes contain defects that cannot reasonably be cured. Incurable defect. Incurable defect. There Dang, you go. That brain, man, it came up with it about a about 10 minutes later. That's right. I'm sorry, man. I got distracted. Okay, so what are we doing now? I think you're right, Dave. Let's send him an offer in writing at uh, like 66, 67, uh, you know, with a two-week acceptance. Just say, hey, yeah, you've got it I listed. Like that idea. Get an, get, get Maybe a even offer. give them a month and it's the yeah. acceptance date because they can sign it at any time, right? What we'll do is we're going to put our closing in our inspection period to, so the inspection won't start until they sign, right? That's a given. And we'll probably factor in 10 to 15 business days. Key word here we're making offers is business, guys. <clears throat> Think of it this way. 10 days is 10 days. We can all do math. 10 business days, right, is going to be 14 days, essentially. It could be, right? So by adding in the business days, you're buying yourself two extra days on either side of a, of a time frame, and you can, buy, you can buy yourself basically up to 40% more time, right? 10 days versus 10 business days is already guaranteed 14 days. So you get, basically get 40% more time. So we're gonna start the inspection when they sign, not prior. And then we're gonna put our closing on or before a date that's very far extended. Let's say 45 to 60 days, but it's on or before. That way, if they don't sign for 
you know, the full 30 days, we still have ourselves a time frame built in. So in this case, probably 60 days, but it's on or before. So if they sign right away and we get to our inspections and that starts right away and we're able to get it closed right away, even better, keep it simple. But I really like the idea of leaving the acceptance date open for a long period of time and basically just saying, here's our best and final. We know it's a 5% chance you're going to take this. And I, when we honestly crazy, crazy enough, we hope you do go get a higher offer on it. But if a week or two goes by and you have zero action and all of a sudden the seller decides that they just don't want to deal with this anymore, boom, contract's ready for them and waiting. So here, the, so, the, so the, the lesson, guys, the lesson to take away from this is make the offer even when you think that it may be sometimes a waste of time. They've countered us basically 10 grand over what, what you know we're willing to pay. But just because that's what they're asking doesn't mean that that's what they're going to be willing to take. This brings me into a great one, Dave, and it's one that you just got the offer accepted on. Right? Yeah, sad, so Sunday talk, morning. Right. Let's talk about that one. That's a really kind of an interesting story too. So what happened way back when versus what happened a week ago, right? Mm -hmm. So let, let's talk. Tell us what happened, Dave. So you uh, you met with this woman uh, or you spoke with yeah, her. Yeah, here, give me like seven seconds. Well, you're going to pull up the facts. Because sheet. I want to see the dates because that's like really the value of my opinion of this is, you know, to show you that, you know, here's another thing. We I get asked a lot, Mike, a ton. I know you do as well. How long does it take to get a, my, you know, my first deal? I'm just getting started. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a complex, loaded question. Reason is, is how much time and effort are you spending into your 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 marketing? How good are you at closing the leads that come in and actually setting appointments? How many of them are you sending offers on, if any? That's like the biggest disconnect. Most people, you know, they'll start to do a little bit of marketing. They don't get a deal right away. They get discouraged. No offers get sent. Mm -hmm. You got to send offers. You got to market. You got to set appointments. You got to follow up, right? All of these things are so incredibly crucial. So when somebody says, how long does it take me to get a deal? My response is, how much time and money are you willing to put into your marketing? How many appointments do you plan to set? And do you already have a contract ready to send somebody? Because if they don't have that ready to go, then they're probably not already sending offers. So we need to teach them how to send offers, right? So very, very, very important. All right. This one that we just got, Mike, you had asked. Yeah. So uh, when did we start talking with them and yeah, when did you so make your offer? We initially started talking uh, five months ago. We had a cold caller, which if she was actually here st still with us, I'd send her a bonus. Mm. But she doesn't work for us anymore because that's okay. Cold callers, you know, they kind of come and they go. It's the way it is. Uh, five months ago, she made a cold call to this person. All right. Um, at that time, she made a comment that says, hey, kindly follow up. She's interested in selling her property. So I did the next day. I got the message. I said, sounds great. Um, and what, I'm going to give her a call. What were, what was she asking? How much? What was the asking? So we're going to get to that. It's a great point, Mike. So I, we, we started chatting. I got all these notes here. I'm just kind of reading through my notes here. Mm -hmm. And I'm she just owns, trying to speed the conversation Yeah, she owns along. a few properties. <laughs> I got the addresses of them. The estimated value of the condo that she was wanting to sell at the time, this is five months ago, according to PropStream, was 66000 It's a 2-1, 875-square-foot condo, right? Um, she said that she wanted 65000 and it was worth 66. So she was basically asking full retail for the property. So I verbally offered her 35, which isn't quite half, but I knew with it being a condo that I wouldn't have any like major exterior issues with landscaping or a roof because it's an HOA. So that cut down like a, 
a lot of my cost. It's like, I, I yeah. knew rehabbing this condo with it being 800 square foot and most of it consisting of bedrooms, you have a small bathroom, a small kitchen, flooring and paint. And that's going to be like 90% of this condo, right? So I, I didn't think that my cost would be too crazy. Usually I would have discounted it even more, but I made the offer at 35 grand. And that offer was literally five months ago. It was in September of 2020. And we're in February of 2021 now, okay? She didn't hate my offer in all bold I have in my notes. That's awesome. She didn't hate it. But she said, there's no way that I'm going to sell that to right now, right? She has another property out in St. Peter's, which is 25 minutes away, that also needs a rehab. And she's got relatives living there. So she really wasn't like super motivated. But at the time, she told me that she wanted to move to Florida. Why did she tell me that, Mike? Because I made a friend with her. I was on the phone with her for 20 minutes. And she's excited about going to Florida, man. And she was excited about yeah. going to Florida. But at the time, she didn't like it. And she wanted me to send her my contact info via email, which I did. And in that email, I said, hey, I would happily pay you $35,000 for this property. I know you're asking sixty-five, dollars uh, But, you know, if things go sideways and you need money, call me. You know, I, I never begged her. I never, like, told her, like, you know, you have to take this deal. She had a lot of options and still does. Yeah. So what's really cool, though, is they've made the offer. And months later, the seller came back and said, is that offer still good? And Dave said, absolutely. Incorrect. I came back. And that's where the follow-up comes. Dang, Dave. Right. Close, though, Mike. Close. I came really back. good. So I had a task set for uh, basically a month and a half, two months out. And I didn't get to that task right away. Full disclosure, baby. Yeah, it was about a, all about that. It's about here. two weeks old, but it doesn't matter because I had a task to follow up with her at a later time. All right. So then, what happened was I called her again, and she was like, "Hey, I was thinking about you, and I actually have an email drafted to send to you about your offer." She goes, "I want to accept it." And this is when I called her back. I didn't even really get a couple words in. I just said, "Hey, this is Dave. How sold easy? I was just following up with you about the condo." And then she started talking. So I just kind of sit back in my chair and let her go. And she said, I'd like to accept that offer. The day I called her, it was snowing outside. And it only snows in St. Louis like maybe two or three times a year. And that morning, it had already been snowing for like six hours. Nobody was out on the roads. It was freezing cold. You know, you couldn't see very well because of the snow. And it was dangerous to be out. And she literally was like, remember how I was telling you I wanted to move to Florida? And I said, yep. And she goes, well, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. She goes, I'm, me and my husband were look, literally looking at, at you know new places to move in Florida this morning. Now, this had been on her list for three months because she had told me that three months ago. Mm -hmm. And she goes, I want to accept your offer. And she goes, you're going to make a handsome reward on this deal. She goes, but I don't care. My motivation is leaving St. Louis, getting out of here, retiring. And you're just going to make it that much easier for us to do this. And she said, I want to step drop her. So I'm sitting here kind of dumbfounded. And while she's telling me all this, I'm literally reading notes from that I had taken to kind of fill myself back in. Because I didn't know all the details when I made the call. You know, it just doesn't make sense to try to do all that. So I mean, real time, I'm like looking at it. So then I see, hey, you know, my offer was for 35. So so I then say, hey, ma'am, you realize that when we talked, when we spoke last, you know, three months ago, that the offer was for 35. And she said, yep, fully aware. And I said, cool. I'm going to send you an offer right now. I did. It took her about two days to sign it. And that happened over the weekend. So now we have ourselves a condo under contract at 35. It has an ARV of about 
66, we can maybe even push 70 once we rehab it really nicely. And it's under rented. So another motivation for her, other than wanting to move to Florida, was that the tenant that has living in this condo has been there for 13 years. And they're kind of friends. They're friendly with each other at least, right? She's renting her this for 600, but the market rate on these, and the reason we know the market rate is because this seller also has another condo in the building, same floor plan that's rented for 775. However, it has updates. This one doesn't. So you're talking about a difference of $175 a month. So she, so again, one of her motivations was to not raise the rent on this woman and or make her leave so she could, so she could get those updates done to have a higher rent. Well, this is a business for Mike and I, so we are going to buy it and we're not going to kick anybody out, but we're going to let her know, Hey, we could be getting 775 with this being updated and we would love to update it, but you're here. So, and so instead we're going to raise the rent, let's say a hundred dollars from 600 to 700. And if she wants to stay great, stay as long as you want, but we need to start capturing some of that market rate rent. We, we're not going to go the full $175 because it isn't updated. Now, if she says, no, I'm not paying 700 to remain here after 13 years. Well, that's, that, that, that's unfortunate for both of us because we're going to lose rent and she's going to have to find a new place to live, but this is business. So she can go find somewhere else in the building or even somewhere else elsewhere. And now we have a vacant property that we can go spend the six, seven, eight grand into those updates. And then we can either get the market rent of 775 or we can turn around and list it for 70 grand. Maybe we'll get 65 and we'll make 20,000. Long story short, Dave made an offer five months ago, followed up with it, and that's how we're getting a deal this week. So again, because we know our business is slower, it's because we haven't made enough offers five months ago. And if we're not making enough offers five months ago, we're not making enough offers today. We've got to up our offers. Long story short, we know we're not making enough offers, so we have to make more uh, so we can keep telling you guys stories like this one where Dave got this great deal under contract. Not, not too bad. Not too bad. So, yeah, guys, get out there. Make some offers. We are going to end this show right here because we are going to go make an offer we right now. We need to make so more send, offers. Let's send that offer right now, Mike, for 65 with a 30-day acceptance period and let them know, you know, hey, we get it. It's less than what you guys want to sell it for but just hold on to it. And if you can find somebody else, great. And if you can't, guess who's going to be calling them up every week or two, following up, saying, have you found anybody higher? You heard it here. Signing off. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.